And this is what we love. Don't rush out of this moment because this is us connecting and hearts being known. So we're not in a rush. This is about us connecting and meeting, being seen. I see you. <laughs> and uh, we're really thankful for each one of you being here this week. Sundays are like a sort of celebration of the, the whole week. And so we gather together and we've all been lights. We've been on an adventure through the week, you know. Some of us are in school. Some of us are in school for other reasons. <laughs> Receiving and giving. <laughs> We're all in school, yes. And some of us are in workplaces. And we were saying this morning that we are lights. We're lights wherever God has put us. And so this week I'm sort of encouraging some of the ladies who would just, just briefly want to, to let us know what happened during this week. But we had Sister's Closet, which we, takes place maybe twice a year. And each one is just a unique gift. So what it is, it's like we invite the community to come here and shop for free for clothes. And we have the best fun setting it up. We have, um, we have people on the team for setting up. We have people on the team praying for us. We have people on the team being here. And we have friends from other churches, friends from other parts of our lives come and join in. And um, it's becoming something that is um, anticipated in our community. And um, I was glad to be able to invite some friends. And they've never been here before but they got to come and receive and it really does speak to their lives um, we had just lovely connections that we were saying just from across the whole world we were uh, an international experience and um, I think that daddy has just some setups there was one mum who had a stroller she had a little daughter and a stroller and we plucked up courage and said well who's in there a four-day-old baby <laughs> <laughs> well, that precipitated quite a lot of interest. So, <laughs> and um, so we—it's sort of getting us to have some ideas, because we don't want it to just to be about our time here. We want to have ideas of how we can take what God has given us to, to take it out to the community, to invite the community into things that are very easy for them to them to come and enjoy. So we've got some ideas buzzing. Um, so. You know, just some ways of just the long term being here. Would you like to come for coffee? And, you know, <clears throat> so it's not like just sudden sort of quick. We're going to get to know you and tell you about Jesus quickly. It's like we want to be here and walk with you. So we're excited. Sherry, is there anything else you wanted to say? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, yesterday at the end of the. Sister's Closet, um, we had invited Stephen and Aaron Graham to come. They do outreach ministry in the streets um, to get what they needed. They took, oh, several trash bags of coats, jackets, shoes, whatever. And I got a text from them last night saying that every coat, every sweater they took yesterday was given away last night. Every single one of them. And she said, you never saw so many happily people that were fed and warm. And she said everything was given away in one night. And so that's just how we do something here, but it reaches out there because it reaches other people. 
And then I went to a <laughs> slash retirement birthday Halloween party last night. I was one of the few that was not in dress, in costume, but that's okay. Um, I could recognize everybody, even though they were painted up. But this one girl, that most of them, like I say, are non-Christians. But she's, she was telling me, I was telling her about the sister's closet. She goes, I wished I had known. She goes, I would love to come to that, and I'd love to donate. She says, I'm going to start collecting from all my neighbors for your next one. Now, see, it was just the thought that, you know, she, so she wanted to right away. She works at the restaurant where I clean, but right away she wanted to join in. So this is, you know, something that can spread because it's not just for here. It went out to the streets. And so, yeah. So <clears throat> we, we're just very thankful, yes. Uh, and so we want to be strategic. We want, this is just a place where people can come, but we want to impact their lives too. And so next March, we have a team on outreach from Bethel, the Bethel School of Ministry. They're going to be staying with us for a good part of a week. And so part of our thoughts is we should actually include them because we could do like a what we call a spirit cafe here where we can invite people to receive all sorts of like prayer and ministry but but it's it's um so we would have a, a team alongside us and uh, but we can yes we can tell more about that but it's uh, it's exciting um so we do have a date that we can tell people so we're probably going to keep we're going to keep out the uh, the collecting box outside and then we're going to continue to sort clothes as they come and we've got really organized with that so mm -hmm. thank you to everybody who helped and and did all the organizing of things afterwards we can start collecting now <laughs> yes When I left here yesterday, I had a guest that was coming to stay with me. It actually was the lady that had lived in the, the condo before me. I had met her before I moved in, and we've become friends. And when she comes, she moved up to North Carolina. When she comes down, she stays with me. Uh, but she's getting ready to move back. So she messaged me on Facebook the other day and said something to that effect. I said, well, if you need a place, let me know. So she came in, she got in about five something last night. We went out to have dinner. We just went over to the Olive Garden. Had the most amazing server I've ever had in any restaurant, ever. Her name is Regal. Regal, and she is Regal. But we had a chance to talk with her at the end and pray with her. She lives here in Carolina Forest. I told her where we were. But anytime you go to Olive Garden, check and see if Regal's there. And ask to be seated in her area and just continue reaching out. Yeah, that's Olive Garden right here. Yeah. That one that's right up there on 501. Yeah. But it, you just you make conversation with your servers. I just said, you know, we're believers in Jesus. Can we pray for you? Is there any way we can pray for you? Oh, yes, please. Oh, yes, please, you know. So she begins to tell us her life story, and we had time to, to share. Um, Joyce goes to Little Baptist Church out on 544, but she lives here in Carolina Forest. Uh, 
and is interested in you know searching and seeing what's here told her what we were doing and she was really excited about that as well so yeah good that's wonderful so some of our guests who came for sisters closet are interested in joining coming alongside with the ladies event on Wednesday for our, when we look at the Bible or we discuss and we have time together so we are excited but I'm going to turn now and invite Brandy to come and speak this time we are excited and thrilled with this privilege and father have your way thank you thanks guys such a privilege to be here with you all um and your family so that's even more of an honor so so i want to go <laughs> jesus have your way um you know, it was funny when um, Sherry started with the whole um, photography thing. I was like, oh gosh, is she going to spill the beans on what I'm going to speak on? Like, because, you know, the Holy Spirit works in all of us. So, like, you know, and I'm like, okay, here we go. She's going to, like, open it up, right? Um, but she didn't, thank God. <laughs> um, but we did talk about um, the eyes of the heart. And we talked about photography and stuff like that. So there's a couple of things that God had been showing me. And the whole, um, uh, point of my message today is identity and how it starts in the mind. But God kept showing me about lenses. So we talk about photography, right? So we have the camera lens. Okay. So all you guys know that there's a camera lens that connects to the camera. So what the lens actually does is the light in the room bounces off of objects, okay? So when the light bounces off of objects, the lens gathers all the light and points it in one direction to sharpen an image, okay? So if the lens is out of focus, or if there's dirt on the lens or any of those things, your image will not be in focus, okay? So we know that. If I take my lens away from my camera, and it's just a lens, can I take a photo? No. Right, it's just a lens, okay? So remember that. Now, the eye, open the eyes of our heart. The eye is a lens, yeah. right? Okay, so the eye, do you know how that works? Okay, so the lens of the eye, what it does is it, the lens of the eye works together with the cornea to focus on the light takes the light that's all over and directs it to the retina, which turns it into electrical signals, which tells you what you're seeing, okay? Works the same exact way as a camera lens, essentially, okay? So what God was showing me with this is that the cornea is like the Holy Spirit, okay? It is the area that is focusing all the light, right? It is the light. And then our retina is those areas of darkness, 
It's in the back. So as the light's being gathered, it's being shined into the retina in the dark places to give us an image, right? So with that being said, I want to then talk about a mirror. So how does a mirror work? Right, it reflects the light, but when it reflects the light back, you're seeing the opposite image. It is not the image that you're seeing, it is distorted. Okay, so we all have lenses that we see the world in. Every one of us has a lens that we see the world. We see through our lenses based on what we are living in. Okay, we don't see the world in reality. We see it as what we've lived through. So if you live through trauma, hurts, or any of those things, those are all considered um, rough, okay? So when a lens is, okay, so when you see a lens, it's a glass, it's really smooth, okay? Your retina, cornea, all that's very smooth. If there's any kind of bumps or ridges or anything like that, it distorts the image, okay? In your eye, it's like you'll need a glass to correct it. It's like a stigmatism, okay? Um, and so when those rough things happen, when the light hits that, it scatters in other directions. So it can't be sharp because the light's not gathered in one place, okay? So we're distorted. So trauma, hurt, anger, unforgiveness, how we see ourselves, believing the lies of the enemy, all of those things distort how we view ourselves. Now, the fun thing is the mirror, right? It's opposite. Stay. <laughs> so the mirror is opposite. So if I take a mirror and I'm looking at myself, I see myself opposite, right? Yeah. Now, when you look at me, even though I'm looking in the mirror, what do you see? You see reality. You're seeing the real me, right? Well, God sees the real us too. And we're looking in a reverse mirror all the time with our identity. So here's another thing. The light that is scattered is Jesus. It's our faith, okay? Um... We see by faith, like they say, it says like um, that we're not trying to see by our eye, but by faith, remember? So we want to do that. And then the faith shows us our images sharpened. Because without the faith, we have a distorted view of everything that we do. Because we're not doing it by the word. Okay? So did you also know that how you see is the dominant source for your actual body orientation. How you see your vision is the, is the dominant source for your body orientation. Okay? So what does that mean? What does that mean? Everything that you see, how your lenses are working, tells your body how to function. So all of your body cues are taken from your vision. Now, 
How does this relate? I'll give you an example. So spatial disorientation. Has anyone ever heard of that? Okay. So in spatial disorientation is when most of the time it happens with pilots. Okay? So you're in an airplane and you're flying. At some point, your spatial disorientation, you'll feel like you're flying upside down. In an airplane, you're given gauges. And it, on a couple of sets of those gauges, it'll stay there. <laughs> so a couple sets of gauges are actually two gauges. Okay, so what happens in spatial um, disorientation is that when you're flying, you will be right side up and flying, but your body will feel upside down. So what happens is if pilots don't watch their gauges, they will think that they're upside down, flip back up, and then head towards the earth because they think they're going up and they crash. That's why they put multiple gauges. And the reason for that is no two gauges are going to fail at the same time. Okay? This brought me to, we have three witnesses, God always says, and there's always two, us and Holy Spirit, and us and Jesus, and us and God, your Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have multiple different gauges. So if the gauges are directing us in one way or the other, and we decide that we're not going to follow the gauges, what happens? Crash, right? So if we're watching our gauges, then no matter what we feel, the spatial disorientation that says we're upside down, we're flying the wrong direction, we're at the wrong altitude, whatever it is, that lie, I'm not good enough, I'm too old to do this, I don't have that capability, I'm not anointed enough, I don't speak well. Any of the thousands of lies that we tell each, right? Those are not God's gauges. His gauge says that we're fearfully, wonderfully made, that we can do all things. That if we ask in his name, we have it, right? But how many times do we not believe that? Because of what our lens says. Our lens says that I keep failing and falling. Our lens says that this person rejected me and this person rejected me. This person left me. This person abandoned me. This person did this to me. They hurt me. This church hurt me like this, and this church did that, so that one's going to be that way too, right? So that lens that we have distorted, God's saying, like, it's time to focus on the gauges and listen to what he's saying despite what we might feel because we feel like we're upside down. And God's saying, you're right side up, you're flying steady, your altitude is fine. Stay the course. Okay? So, what he kept saying to me is, Pages never want to turn. Okay, so, <laughs> so Romans 12.2, y'all know this one. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Okay? So our lenses, our identity, starts in the mind, right? Because a lens by itself, we already said, not connected to a camera, cannot take a photo. Right? 
So we need to be connected to the mind, to Jesus, to take a photo, to have an image, to have a vision, to have a plan, to have, okay? Now we say, how does that happen? Well, guys, we have to be grafted in. Like Romans also talks about that, being grafted in, right? And do you know how grafting works? Some do, some don't. I was a plant physiologist for a long time, so I'll explain it real fast for you. So you take a plant, and you cut the stem of one plant, and you cut the stem of another plant, and you connect it together, and then they grow together as one. It becomes a new plant. Okay? So that's essentially what we've done. By being grafted into the kingdom, being grafted in with Jesus, we now become this new creation. We're renewed. We're a whole new embodiment of the vessel, okay? We're in the vine. Now, when a plant starts growing, it needs nutrients. That's the word. That's your word. It needs light. That's the spirit. That's your faith. Okay? So we're grafted in now, and we're listening to the word, and we're asking God for our gauges and where we're at and our spatial orientation of what we're doing. Because now we've taken it from the eye. No, I has seen. <laughs> so we take it from the eye to the mind. Now we have a vision and an image. And then it goes down to the heart. The heart's the hardest one. They say that this, this distance right here is the longest distance ever. Okay? So how do we get it from here to here? Trust the gauges. Trust the gauges. If you don't trust the gauges and you don't trust the word of God and you don't trust what God is telling you, you're not going to be able to soar at the altitudes you need to soar to stay above the storms or the mountaintops. Because if you start going back down, you'll hit a mountaintop. You'll hit a a rock ledge, you'll hit whatever. You're never going to get all the way down to the ocean because there's always going to be something else there. Yeah. Okay? So, now, Psalms 119.18 says, Open my eyes to spiritual truths so I may behold wonderful things from your law. And then God gave me 1 Peter 2.9, You are a chosen race of royal priesthood. And that's the things we need to believe. Now, do not conform to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. So, do you all understand that the actual renewing of your mind changes your actual genetics? It does. So when you have a trauma, what happens is in your DNA, it imprints on your DNA, your trauma. It changes your DNA. When you have a child, that DNA passes on. The trauma implantation is still there. That's what we call the generational curse. Okay? It moves through the bloodline. When you heal that trauma, you change your lens. Okay? So I have a lens on my camera. I drop it in the ground, in the sand. It's now scratched up. And I try to take wedding pictures. Do you think that the wedding people are going to be happy about the pictures that I just took? Probably not. I'm going to have to get a new lens and change it out. 
So when we start to listen to the gauges and we start to take the word of God and not call God a liar and apply it and trust the orientation that he has us flying at, we actually will change our DNA. So when you get to that DNA place and you've changed that trauma, it clears that out of your, it like, it's the, like the delete button, guys. Gone. Your DNA is back to what God intended it in the womb. And then it passes on. It replicates. It doesn't take long for that to happen. DNA replicates so many hours, so many hours, so many hours. So just by changing one viewpoint, one thing about yourself and your identity can shift your entire DNA process. Now, I know this is a little heavy, guys, but I'm a teacher and I'm a scientist, so these are why I want to share these things because these are like at the molecular level that when God's word is implanted, we can't help but change. There's no way not to change. When we throw away the dirty lens or we clean the dirty lens, how do we clean the dirty lens? We heal. He sent me to free the captives and heal people, right? That's what he's, all of us, not just me. We're supposed to help heal people and free them. How do you free people? You heal them. Because then they can see through their lenses. You have a foggy lens, spray some little stuff on there, right? So I know this is going to be, this is a relatively short message because I really wanted it to be something that we focused on because as we see ourselves, so we are. But as we see the world is how we see others. So the sooner we shift our view on ourselves to the God's word, the sooner we'll be able to see others in God's eyes. Because the lens that you take over when you apply the word of God is God's lens. It's how he sees the world. It's how he views each person. And I'll tell you a funny story. Because um, I know you were asking for funny stories. <laughs> he wants God stories. He's like, please just tell us stories the whole time. Um, <laughs> so a funny story is... Um, I used to have a little bit of an anger problem back in a day where I was annoyed at people. People are people and they just annoyed me. Okay? Just them talking, just them doing things. I'm like, oh. And I said, Jesus, help me to see them as you see them because I do not see them that way at all. And so one day, this person that irritates me so much or irritated, um, came up to me and they were talking to me and when I looked at them they were two years old and I'm like oh that's not fair that's not fair why and he's like because you would never yell at a two-year-old you never think bad about a two-year-old when a two-year-old falls down you're like oh get back up let me help you right When an adult falls down, you're like, come on! Why are you falling down again? Right? When someone in the the congregation sins, they're like, they did it again. 
we've been praying for six months and they still did it again. But we don't do that with children. But didn't God say we're supposed to be like children? Right? So why can we not see one another as we see children? We hold each other to this mountain-high expectation that not, none of us can reach. And Jesus would have never had to go on the cross if we could have. And Jesus knew we couldn't reach. That's why he came from the mountain to us. So what I'm saying is, in that story, I then began to see everybody as little children. And I could no longer see them as irritating, which irritated me. Because I felt that it was unfair. But God knows how to do that. And if that's an area that you have a problem with, just tell God, I want to see people as you see them. I want to see their hearts. I want to see what they're made for. I want to see what their, their, their plan is. Show me their plan so I can join. Right? We're not in competition. We're not in competition. We're one family. A body of believers. I always said link arms like the Sparta 300. Sparta! You know, with our shields. Okay? So if we do that, to be able to <laughs> ask one another, like, God, what is it you need for me? What is it you need in the body? What is it that I can pray towards to help another person, right? So our lenses. What do we need to do to bring our lenses into focus that's God's focus and not our own? How can we change how we view others? How can we change how we view ourselves? Because way too many of us take a whip every day and beat ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And that's just the enemy. Because if he can get you to say that, you don't do nothing. He don't care if you're in church. He just cares if you're doing something. So when you don't do something, he's okay with that. You can believe, I don't care, you're not doing anything. You're, you're, you're wallowing in your stuff. God says to get out of the stuff and get in the river. Get cleaned in the river. Fix your vision. Fix your lens. Fix how you see everything. Don't sit in the mud pile anymore. Like the prodigal son. He went in the pig pen. They were like, come out of there. God's saying, come out of the pig pen. You're, you don't belong there. You belong with him. Come up and have a banquet. But that's a choice you make. I can't make it for you. Mark and Jane can't make it for you. Nobody here can make those choices for you to change the lens. Nobody can make the choice to believe the things that God says about you. And if you don't know, there are thousands of promises and things that God says in his word about who you are. And the thing is, is that if you're not solidified in your identity and who you are under the lens of God, you cannot help anybody else. You can't, because you're going to give them distorted vision and distorted views. Has any of you ever tried to read without your readers, yes. us older folks? Yes. Okay? It's all blurry. 
You see double words and triple words and all these other things that don't belong. Right? We'd be seeming demons when there ain't no demons because we need our glasses. We're like, oh, my bad. Okay, so we need to get our focus back. So what I kind of want to do is I'm going to end a little early because I feel like God wants to pray for people, for their vision, and for tearing off the things that are distorted and the lens fog that some people are having. But also God's saying that there's some people that what they're looking at in their lens is they see this, like, forest of things, and they feel like they can't get through it. And God's saying that what you're looking at doesn't exist. Like, you've made that up. You've made that, that hardship up in your mind, and it's not there. And that if you walk through that to the other side, you'll find that it doesn't exist. You did that with your distorted lens, your trauma lens, your hurt lens, whatever it is that you did. So I'm going to end now, and then we're going to pray for people. If you want help, come on up. Wow, it's a life-changing morning, right? Who would like their lens shined? Come forward if you'd like to, and... If you'd like to pray for people, you don't, I mean, just come and let's have some more people praying as well. And then we'll pray for you at the end too, so everyone gets to receive. Well, you can pray for the, oh, you, yeah. One other thing that may go along with that, Brandy was talking about being grafted, and I felt like for some of us, the lens that we've been, that we need polished is the lens that I'm not fruitful. But actually what I understand about grafting is that it's the root you're grafted into that makes you fruitful. You are grafted in, and so if you're feeling unfruitful, I'd like to pray for you because I want to declare over you the rootstock you're grafted into will make you fruitful.
say thank you Brandy challenging but also imparting so deeply to all of us it's great and I want to say thank you to all of you who've received prayer I truly believe God is increasing our fruitfulness I've put the offering baskets on the table at the front here if you have your tithes your offerings to bring today uh, you can use the baskets and uh, I want to bless you with fruitfulness in your finances as you continue to sow God brings us a great harvest and uh, as we continue to give to him he continues to give back to us so God bless you remember ladies you're sticking around for the baby shower some of the guys as well I think and uh, we will see you back here next Sunday and uh, gonna have another wonderful time together God bless you.